Are you ready to promo the code? What is it? The code is Dangle. The website is Manscaped. The deal is 20% off and free shipping. What are you doing? I don't know. Why isn't Podcasting. it going to manscaped.com? Stop what you're doing. Go to stop manscaped.com. No, do it's it. It's going to ruin the show. Jesse, if stop put, it on the, put it on your damn computer. Why is he but allowed manscaped. to do that? You get mad at me when I have a computer. You're not allowed to have it because Jesse can focus. And he's allowed to online shop. Yep. Because <laughs> Jesse can focus. He can do two things at once. Steve Camp doesn't have no ability. No. I love him. <laughs> he's really good at the one thing, though. You're very good at being on the one thing. You're a one thing guy. It's okay. Dangle. You friggin' manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. Let's start the show. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wild, and Jesse Blake. Just wiping my sweaty palms You're on Steve's arm. Why are I you have, so sweaty? I have sweaty palms. I don't know. I'm a sweaty guy, but I actually, it's funny. Um, I have like a, I have like a skin condition. And so I was able to, through my benefits, get Botox under my arms. So now I don't sweat so much. You what? Yeah. So you, if, if you got like super bad sweating, like I did. So, okay. In high school, and I was super insecure about this. I stopped wearing gray and I had to wear, I, I had to bring an extra t-shirt to school every day. Every day? Every day. Because I would, I can remember sitting in math class and feeling the sweat drip down the side of my, my body. Ugh. Yeah, man. I, I, it's hyperhydrosis, I think is what it's called. You're, so anyway, yeah. So now, now it's instead of coming out the pits, coming out the hands. Look at this. Oh, but, yeah. oh. Sorry. Boo. For everybody who's sweaty out there, we have no product for you. We're not hawking anything, but I did want to let you know that I feel you. And it's tough, and it's not your choice, and it's okay. Wow, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're, you know, just letting people know. I'm letting people know they're not alone. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, jeez, have taken away the Rangers' home ice advantage. Remember, the Rangers were 20 minutes away from going up three nothing oh, you know in what? the series, and now it's mm -mm. three to two Lightning. Mm -mm. What? What? That's what? not enough. That's not enough. What's not enough? Because no, just everyone turns that knife. Like like an like an alligator in a death row. Twenty minutes. How close were they, Adam? How close were the Rangers? A period of hockey. Oh. One period. Man. They were getting outplay, but they were a period away. How much time was left when Palat got the game winner? I believe it was forty one point three seconds. Oh man. That's so close to the end of the game. Man, that sucks. I would feel bad if that was my team. <laughs> If what that happened to my team, I would feel sad about it. And I would feel really sad if everyone turned the knife for weeks what? about it. I'd feel so bad if I was so close. I feel close like you're hinting at something. To beating here. the lightning and everyone shit on my team for weeks and weeks. Oh, man. Oh, well. Maybe they won't feel bad next game. Um, here's what it feels like to me. How does it feel? This is what it feels like. It doesn't feel like that, what you just said. What it feels like to me is Tampa wants Colorado. Like if, if it feels like after game two, Tampa was like, okay, 
Colorado is going to win the series. I think they basically swept Edmonton in about three minutes. Like that series was over so fast. It was crazy. Yeah. And I think Tampa's like, okay, Colorado, you think you're big. You've done well. Mm-hmm. Come and take it from us. Ugh. I think that's what they're, I think Tampa's going to win this series. I think they know Colorado will take the Rangers every day. Of course, they want Colorado and they, if Colorado's going to win, it's like, you're going to have to go through us. This is going to be a slobber knocker. Like this is, I, if that's how it happens, Rangers fans are going to be losing their mind right now. This series is not over. Right. It's the playoffs. Dumber things have happened. But I mean, it's basically over. It's just difficult to envision because this, they've won 10 straight series. This would be number 11. We do not remember what it's like to, it's, it's impossible to picture Tampa losing a series. Their last series loss was pre-pandemic. Their last series loss was the sweep versus Columbus. Columbus. Did you see John Tortorella on TNT? No. Taking credit for this? What? What? The quote. We created a monster. Oh, that's funny. In some ways, they <laughs> I res- did. I respect that. You know what? John's trolling, and I respect it. He's good. It. He's, He's good res- at what he does. Respect He's- that happening. <laughs> that, that's more like it, John. Well done. Well done. You know yeah. what? We criticize him when he's wrong. Point, John. Yep. Very good. Yep. Very well done. Uh, but, like, the, the, the Columbus sweep erased how good the Lightning were before that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We forgot they made the cup final in 2015. Uh, there were a few conference finals uh, appearances in there. Close misses. They should have beaten Washington. That should have been a Tampa Vegas final. And Braden Holtby just decided, I'm better than Andre Vasilevsky for these two games. And he was. And no one's done it since. It's crazy, isn't it? No one has so, bloody done it since. And listen, if you're a Rangers fan, you're like, hey, Adam, F off. I get it. Rangers open the scoring, man. Yeah. I mean, you did get the, the, the thing was though, when it's they, not over. when Lindgren scores though, yeah. do you get the sense that Tampa cares? No, never. No. This is the thing. Like sometimes you see a team and I've seen it with the Leafs and they were younger, right? This year was a little bit different. I, I have to say, but in, in younger, younger Leafs, when Boston would score first or Columbus would score first, they go, oh man, mm. Tampa, it's like, uh, uh, we, like, we don't fucking care. And that is especially for a younger team like New York, that's got to be a little scary. Don't you think? Yeah, but they don't really seem to be buckling to that. Like, I got to say, like, they've this lost Rangers three games team, in a row. <coughs> yeah, dry. But um, they've been close. Um, it's been competitive. It's been tight. It's just Tampa beating them in the little moments, man. The little moment. Like, what? Okay. Can we give the Rangers credit in defeat? Certainly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm prepared Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. Because Tampa's just that ridiculous. But that's what I'm saying, though, right? It's not, I'm not saying, like, this is the thing with, with speaking these days is like, if you say one it's thing's good, hard to do. the other thing must be bad. And yeah. it's, that's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying New York's bad. Every conversation They're in the conference finals. from the fucking beginning. Yeah, that's right. Like, of time, I mean. But we do need to talk about the fact that it, it does look like Tampa's pretty commanding here. Yeah. And it's awesome for New York that they're here. They're playing with house money. Oh my God. Like this is a great team to build on. They're going to need some center help next year. They're need some center depth. Uh, they're going to need their centers not to be injured too. Well, like, hobbling along. Um, and to age. And age for sure. But I, I think Leaf fans specifically, because it's all about us. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want to talk about the first lightning goal. 
So this is the goal that ties up the game <laughs> where Nick Paul sets a pick and Sergachev gets a, I don't know if it's a clear look at the net, but it's a clear shot at the net. It's more clear than it would have been. And sneaks it through the pads. And I don't even think Sergachev or Sergachev. Um, I don't remember. What uh, Shosturkin saw it. Oh, I don't no, think he no. saw it. Yeah. And uh, Sergachev didn't even score the goal because it bounces off Palat's uh, shin. Ah, no, I don't think. Is I, that, is that, or is that the second one? That's the second about? one. There's, oh, there's, you're talking about the second. You're talking about the. I'm pretty sure the first. Isn't the first goal Sergachev unassisted? Doesn't, doesn't matter. It's yeah. the lightning fired a puck on from the point and they were allowed to get a clear look from the point because Nick Paul, more like, more like pick Paul, you know, you see on, hmm. Uh, on the Rangers <laughs> defender there, but he did it far more stealthily and sneakily, mm-hmm. and he just did it less than Justin Hall did. Justin Hall collides into his man. I think it was Anthony Sorelli. Paul, I saw producer Drew cleverly saying that uh, he did everything he could to get out of his way. Drew, shut up. <laughs> I know he did. Shut up. That's just trolling. He's just he's, he's so stuck full his of crap. leg out. He Drew. stuck his he stuck his leg out. <laughs> I think Rangers fans are are far more upset about the Keandre Miller penalty on uh, I think it was Stamkos the hook. Yeah, yeah. But it's okay. The NHL's got their their best guys on the case. Well, and this is the thing, right? It had to be those fucking guys. The right? same guys from Leafs Game Seven were like, "Don't worry, it's not a pick." How many oh. pick penalties do we see a season? And why is the answer less than five? That's true. And and why did it have to happen in the Leafs in Game Seven? Like every playoff is an education. We should be grateful. <sighs> what? It's good to get. To, it's great. I love learning the sport of hockey every spring. <laughs> I'm sure most fans. Well, do. okay, but but let's also con- continue on here because like I, I think obviously um, the refs have been missing calls. I think that's gone both ways though, right? Like I don't think it's been slanted to what's Rangers fans are complaining, Lightning fans are complaining. That's how you know it's somewhere in the middle. Now the NHL yeah. says. That's the way it should be. I'm not saying that that's necessarily the case. They're like, well, if both sides are complaining, then it's being refed properly. No, that's not also true. Um, <laughs> it just means that you're just equally bad. Um, but I don't know if they're trying to intentionally let them play or not. The standards have been sloppy, but I just want to throw this at you. Third game in a row. If you did not yell fucking Andre Pilat at the screen. Oh. Eight goals and six assists in this playoffs. Best hockey of his career, I think, came against the Leafs. And now the Rangers. Yeah, man. He was a monster in the Leafs series. And, you know, in a low event game like this, a guy like Andre Palat's going to, he's going to change things for you. And he was, he was part of that famed triplets line in 2015. Like, how are you underrated for this long? (laughs) It shouldn't be allowed. (laughs) Like, where does he rank among Tampa players even? Is he top five? (laughs) But yeah, he's been underrated since... The beginning of his career, basically. I wonder, he's one of those guys, you know, we, we talk about the career of Vasilevsky and acknowledging his greatness in his 20s. And the Lightning are full of guys who, at the end of their career, were going to be talking about their resumes and they're all going to be ridiculous. Where's Palat going to end up there? Because I'm, I'm thinking of his countrymen mm-hmm. and he's not going to be nearly as revered as this guy because he had the individual numbers. He had the the big regular season numbers as well, mm-hmm. but he might end up with more cups than this person. Uh, Marion Hosa. 
Interesting. Just good defensive winger. Didn't need the spotlight. Didn't need the attention. Just every shift ruled. Every goddamn shift. Andre Palat, man. Andre Palat. <laughs> I'm not comparing his accolades to Marian Hosa. Obviously, Marian Hosa was a monster, especially in the first half of his career. Andre Palat at this age reminds me of back half Marian Hosa. Yes. Kind of. A little you know? bit more of a, a stingy guy. Like yeah. a, kind of a pain in the ass. Just a pain Hosa in was the all, ass. he was in Ottawa. I remember he was, he was all flash. He was amazing. He was points guy. Yeah, he was. And that's great. He was good at that. It's good to be good at that. 100%. He was traded for Danny Heatley guy. Right. I seem to remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. Yeah. Damn. Um, and here's the thing. Like I mentioned earlier, it's a low event game. Tampa's going to win those. If you have a low event game, Tampa, I think is going to win that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I saw the games 1-1 late, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, Rangers are boned. They had a shot. Like, I know a, yeah, lot of, yeah. a lot of Rangers fans, when I was looking at the reaction, they want to, they, they think Ryan Strom right now is the worst NHL player in the history oh, of time. But he's injured, he's yeah. injured. Oh, no, no, on. On for, for whiffing on the, the puck right in front of the net, you know, like that particular play, you're like, okay, the, yeah. the, 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 the game is to do the little things right versus the lightning, and you have the little, little, little thing right there is you whiff on the puck. You know, right. and then that's, it's literally a one goal game that makes the entire difference. And if you're Strom and you don't capitalize on that, it's just, it's so disappointing. I know Ranger fans are upset at that, but I thought, I thought there was a great quote post game uh, from the Lightning because they were, t they were talking about how uh, every shift, it's not, it's not like, Hey, we're going to go out there and score every shift. It's just, mm -hmm. We take every shift, one shift at a time. We know something's going to happen. Eventually you go out there, you do your thing each time on each shift. And you know, one of these eventually we're going to score. And every single game, there's a different guy who were like, ah, that's his game. Like two games ago, it was Andre Palat. Last night's the Sergachev game where he scores one and a half goals. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll, we'll go back and we'll be like, oh, that's the Nick Paul game. Mm -hmm. And it's never, we're never talking here like every game's the Stamkos game. Every right. game's the Headman game. Every game's the point game wins in the lineup. Every game's the Vasilevsky. No, it's a different guy each time. And it's not even the stars. It's relentless. Yeah. And it's unfair that they have this team. And uh, I don't know how the Rangers overcome this. They, they had a, a highlight real goal. Bogosian Maroon. Yeah, Zach Bogosian last game dangling the defense, dangling Ryan Reeves who out of the lineup. Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, for like an injured Strom, and well, I don't. That's not like the one for one replacement, but maybe you you throw Reeves back in there uh, for game number six. I don't know. You're kind of missing his big body. Oh, he bangs that in the fight. We didn't even get to the fight. Stamkos and Lafreniere. Yeah. Stamkos' first fight since uh, 2019. His fight card is ridiculous. His, his The first punch he throws, he doesn't connect, but it's a damn good punch. He's so in shape. I wouldn't want to. You've seen him deadlift, right? I've oh, seen yeah. him, like, yeah, jump on everything, jump on a box like a cheetah. I, I don't, he, I don't want to fight a guy like that. He went to the uh, Gary Roberts school of we're gonna uh, try care about fitness. Yeah, when, as hockey yeah. players, we're gonna eat know? spinach, <laughs> we're gonna drink water, and we're gonna lift heavy yeah. shit. Lefrenier should be glad he didn't go to the Gary Roberts school of mauling people. Yeah, <laughs> um, here's Stamkos' fight card. Jerdev, 2008. Wow. And I remember this because I was interning that night and I was like, did Stamkos just fight Jerdev? Uh, Marchand, 2015. Oh, yeah. Huge gap. Uh, Carl Olsner, 2018. Pavel Buchnevich, 2018. Evgeny Malkin, 2019. 
and Alexi Lafreniere last night. It's quite the... Uh, no, I did. That's pretty good. It's a pretty good team. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a pretty good team of guys. He doesn't, he doesn't really make a habit of fighting bums. That's a good list. Yeah. And like, we should we, be honored. And Means you're good. For, for the, the Lightning, they've shut down five-on-five five scoring for the Rangers. It's over. Like, at five-on-five, it's, it's so difficult for them to generate offense. And then Vasilevsky, he's back into form. Took two games off, the first two of the series, and now he's been shutting everything down. By the way, the Canadians are still paying Carl Alsner's buyout. Oh, yeah? So when? That contract was supposed to end this year. You looked that up? I just looked it up because <laughs> I remember I remember that, that Carl Alsner, I'm like, that was a crazy fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Remember it was five years, 23 and 23.15 million? It was ungood and probably an omission of ours in the Mark Bergevin got fired conversation. Yeah, nobody remember. Nobody talks about. I just when you bring him up, I'm like, oh my god, Carl Osner is probably on the Canadians at uh, that point. Stanley Cup final makes you forget a lot. Yes, it does. Um, just ask Vancouver, at least their former management group, about uh, Jay Beagle. Um, yeah. So listen, here's here's the question I have. I don't care about Game Six. What's New York got to do to win Game Seven? What has to happen in Game Six and Seven for New York to be to be the ones to play Colorado? Shesterkin has to be better than Vasilevsky in game six and in game seven. I think he can do it once. You have to do it twice. I guys like when it, when it comes to envisioning a Stanley cup final, right? Cause mm-hmm. that's, that's where we're at. There's three more teams left. Mm-hmm. There's Colorado and the coronation of Nathan McKinnon. And that crew, that's a great story. There's the lightning completing the three-peat. They're a true dynasty. Then there's the Rangers, who I'm kind of pulling for in terms of, like, I can get behind the lightning and cheering for greatness. I think it's okay to cheer for Goliath sometimes. (laughs) But the Rangers have to play the role of David. So what's going to, what's going to be their pebble? You know, what's going to be their Mm -hmm. thing that allows them to topple this team that is apparently untoppable. (laughs) Like Tampa, Tampa messes with your mind. Like you almost would rather get your ass kicked like Colorado style and just get completely swept out of the playoffs. They, they leave trauma like Islanders fans. Help me out. You know, you look at game seven last year. And you go, if this happened, if this happened, we tie the game, we could even win it. If we, if this one moment we could win it, the Leafs, if, oh, if this happens and if this doesn't get called or if this does get called, ah, the Rangers, ah, I mean, we know what they do well. We do. We know what they do well. So, like, what am I? Am I going to sit here like every other, you know, hockey asshole who talks and go, "Well, you know, Zabanajad and Kreider need to score." <laughs> yeah. Money, please. Yeah. Like, no. uh, it's true. It's true because because there's one way for the Rangers to win it. And like, I was talking yesterday on the Jesse Blake Sports Report about. Never heard of. I was it. like, Boo. okay, if you, I'm going to place a bet on the Rangers, it'd be. You take you take the Rangers on the plus goals, plus you take the over on in the game because mm-hmm. the way they're going to beat it, it's not going to be ah oh, Rangers won one nothing. 
You know, no, it's going to be a shootout or they they just score a shit ton of goals. It's going to be somewhere where they're winning like a six, three game. They can win games where Shesterkin allows three goals on like 55 shots. Yeah. (laughs) And they're good at winning those games. Yeah, they're very good at winning those games. Mm -hmm. So like what you're really asking me is what are the Rangers at their best? And is the Rangers at their best capable of beating Tampa? Well, sure. But Tampa is always, 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 every single game capable of beating you at your best. Because they're never not at their best. So uh, yesterday on Agent Provocateur, when Alan and I, so we, we just put it out today, but we recorded it yesterday and we had a guest uh, who will appear next week that actually canceled on us last minute. And if you're a Pens fan, you're going to be very excited. That's all I'm going to say. Now, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury again. No. Sidney Crosby. Uh, no. Again. But but it's a good one. It's Mario a really good one. So we'll, we'll talk again. about that in a second. <laughs> um, but what, what it meant was, you know, we got Playoff Stories Part 2, but we didn't get it with a guest. We just got Alan. And I love this because I want Alan to tell more Alan stories. Absolutely. And Alan stories, stories rule. And it doesn't even have to be stories that Alan was involved with, just stories in the league. So I'm going to play a clip for you. And I think you're going to know who this is. Alan does not name them. But oh. we, we, talked about, <laughs> we talked about everything from... You sound like Leo. Yo, uh, so we talked... This, this, he goes... This podcast is crazy because we talk about everything from playoffs now to playoffs in the bubble and what the NHL, I didn't know this was super underreported, what the NHL promised the players versus what they delivered. And they came up super short. No one's talked about it. If you remember the uh, Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan article had the the fly fishing is what they had reported. Right. The NHL had pamphlets of what the bubble is going to be like. And fly. there was a picture of a a dude fly fishing. And it became an internal joke among NHL players about like, hey, we're going fly fishing today. Because that was never a thing. They're like, we're we're in the middle of Edmonton in downtown Toronto. Where are we going fly fishing? I was about to say, is that I'm not uh, an accomplished fisherman. I don't know if you can do that here. Okay. So anyways, yeah, they lied. So they lied. And a bunch of other stuff too. And then... Alan casually drops when the salary cap is actually going to go up significantly. So we know what season that's going to happen. So that's in there as well. And I think he's the first one to talk about it. I don't think I've seen anybody else really talk about what year it's actually going to be. Um, but this, this is great because this is one of the stories that he tells. We, you've probably heard this before and I want to know if you can name the player. So go ahead, Jesse. There was a situation where a player, he goes to free agency, sent an email back to the team. He had been negotiating with them all day, confirming we have a deal. The team releases the information on the signing. We have signed this player to so many years. And then the team sends the contract to the agent. One day goes by, the contract has not been returned. There's an announcement that another team in the NHL has signed that player to a deal. The team that originally had him said, we have an email from the agent confirming the deal in writing. Unless a standard player contract is duly registered with NHL Central Registry, you have nothing. Gary Bettman ruled that the original team team should have known better and the contract signed with the late coming team to the party that contract was ruled valid and the original team was left with nothing i do think i know who this player is i believe the team who was shafted is the edmonton oilers and the player is 
noted father of William Nylander, Michael Nylander. Correct. Now, Alan doesn't name him in that. Uh, but so what we don't know. But we have details <laughs> in that story that go beyond what you just heard there. Obviously, that was highly edited. It was all his kid's fault? Well, no, but... It, because yeah, he was no. born in Calgary. Because he was yeah. born in Calgary, yeah. No, and he said, I heard that too. screw the Oilers. And he wouldn't back check. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I get old, no. When I'm older, I'm not going to back check. Is what right. I said. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Anyway, also, it, I got a mushroom cut. It's a. It's a great a mushroom cut. It's when a, he was a kid. It's yeah. a great episode. And and to be honest with you, I think it's Alan at his best. The uh, I spe- the thing about the salary cap for me was the mind blowing one because that really, I mean, really, I'm a Leafs fan. Please spend more money. So um, obviously, uh, we know. It, here's the thing, and I sort of mentioned this. They're going to start structuring deals for this date. Ooh. And I'm not going to tell you what the date is. I'm going to make you listen. No. But I want you to start, when you listen to this episode, start watching. Because I, I brought up Matt Barzal in the episode. Start watching for players that sign contracts that expire that year. Oh, no. That's the year to watch out for, guys. No. Because there's going to be a lot of players walking into unrestricted free agency oh. that year on purpose. They'll accept less money now to do it. I can guarantee it. Free agency, by the way. Um, like, I've just been... Just going about my life, uh, covering the, the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you know I got the draft on my mind because we're gonna you know, potentially announce them. Uh, with that, haven't been thinking a lick about free agency. Well, because as Leafs, what are you gonna do? To the point where I <laughs> booked a vacation. Oh yeah, Steve. <laughs> Steve, I don't know if you know this, Steve. We had three shows to do per week until free agency, right? And we, even the week of free agency, like afterwards, we still do episodes because obviously we got to have our CJ episode. We got to have some like recaps and stuff like that. And then we're going to be, you know, gearing it down a little for the summertime, but very short. Yeah. Right. Because it's a short summer this year. And Steve, what did you do? Uh, well, my wife, you know, wanted uh, to go somewhere, not go somewhere far, but, you know, go somewhere and get away. And I was just like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. You should do that. What are the dates? She told me the dates. I go, great. And so she booked it, and it wasn't until I told these two fine gentlemen that they're like, you moron. We didn't say that. We just said, hey, we need you that week. Yeah, we need you that week because that is the week of free agency. But my mind wasn't in it. Like, free agency, the day free agency opens is, I believe it's July 13th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whoops. Sorry, I don't have any defense of myself other than it's not usually July 14th. And, like, you have another organization you also work for who's oh gonna they re- wouldn't have been happy either. you're gonna they're gonna require your services yeah, over no, that yeah. Week. so there we- have been some hat picks and dang it's that uh yeah. would have had to been shot at the lake no so we uh changed it that's good right <laughs> happy here uh, so back to what you were talking about uh what alan was talking about on agent provocateur about the cap spike so in in 2016 this happened in the off season for the nba because they signed a new tv deal that was so much more than the previous deal and they jumped the salary cap from, I believe it was seventy million to ninety-four million. Wow. So there was an extra twenty-four million dollars all of a sudden in one offseason. It's the offseason that led to the Warriors having the room to sign Kevin Durant. And all of these new players just got these massive deals. And now we see uh fifty million dollar contracts, uh, Russell Westbrook in the Ooh. NBA. You know, so Is he really? 
Oh yeah. Oh. So I think it's at 45, 50-ish. So there's oh. this this it's not happening because of a new CBA negotiation. It's happening because of pandemic. Like different reasons is happening. But this spike in the salary cap changed the way NBA contracts were and the structure of teams for a whole offseason and a couple years after that they've kind of settled in now. And we're going to get this exact same thing happening in the NHL if they don't gradually spike it. If they just do one big jump like the NBA did. It's going to change the entire outlook of teams in one season. Just to give crazy. Just to give you an idea, Jesse's absolutely right because it might go up a million bucks or something like that. Um, but like for the next few years. But when this season happens, and again, I'm going to wait till Monday before ah! we talk about this. What year it is? No. Um, they're talking a ten to twelve million dollar jump in one season. Imagine what that does for teams. Yo, long-term deal for Mikheyev? <laughs> is that what that means? That's so, what it means. Yo, long-term deal for Mikheyev? <laughs> what NBA teams did in, in anticipation of that is they limited contracts to all end by 2016. Because they knew they'd have all this extra cap space. So they had all these deals ending that same offseason. So they'd have room for all of these free agents. And if, if the NHL gets to a point where they can say, okay, we're going to pinpoint this is the year it's going to be. We might see teams start being like, okay, we're only handing out two years deal, two year deals because we know in twenty blah blah that the salary cap is going to spike by ten million dollars. We want that extra room to go spending that off season, and you're going to see them grinding RFAs. Mm -hmm. They're going to grind star RFAs to go a year or two past this, so that the salary cap is filled back up again. Because what happens, right, is you know when you have more money to spend, you spend it. And so a couple of years later, it'll get back to, well, there's only five teams that have the cap space to spend that kind of money this summer. So now everyone's just going to be following this free agency like they're watching The Big Short. Yes. Or like yeah. they're a character from The Big Short. Yes. No, you don't understand. It's coming. <laughs> the bubble is going to burst, you see. 100%. Oh, yeah. By the way, what a great movie. Oh yeah. yeah, three years we'll be back to nobody has a room. It's 100% what happened in the NBA. It's what's going to happen in NHL because they can't control themselves. They yeah. spend the extra money that's there. That's why they have the cap. It's yeah. not for the players. It's for the GMs. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to ask you a question. Let's talk about SDPN as a network. It's great. Okay. Let's talk about SDPN as a network. Let's say we have end of season meetings, which we don't, but let's say we did. Mm. We have end of season meetings and exit we bring meetings. in exit meetings and we bring in Alan. Mm-hmm. We bring in all the hosts from Game Over. We bring in Andrew. We bring in Julian and CJ. Just, just name them all. Name yeah, them all. Just keep naming them. Noxian Cax. We bring in Robert. We bring Robert. We bring Jamie. In Yams. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We bring in everybody. You just keep going. Leo. We bring in Leo. We bring in Leo. Producer Nick. That's right. Producer Nick. Yeah. Hey. How can we forget Producer Nick? And let's say Waffles. Let's say Cedric. We say to uh, let's say we say to everybody Teddy the cat. You're safe next year. You're safe. You're getting a contract. You're on. I love this. And then we go drive. And this is, I'm only saying this person's name because their house is the closest to mine. We drive over to CJ's house, which is about five minutes from mine. I can walk to CJ's in 15 minutes, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And we go, CJ, remember how we had that meeting three weeks ago? And we told you you were safe. You're fired. Mm Mm-hmm. We, How do you think that goes over? We might look like dicks. Super well. Super duper well. Yeah. And this exact scenario happened. So <laughs> in real life. So and here's the wild Man. part, right? Okay, let me ask you a question. I've never been fired before, thank God. Knock on wood. Oh, it's coming. Uh, well, if you work in radio, it, it, it's inevitably going you, to find you. read you. the email I sent you? Uh, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Jesse, you're so bait. Jesus. So when you want to get, so when you're going to get fired, 
Would you would you rather be in the office for which you work or your house for which you relax and raise your family? Ooh. Because I'll tell you this. I'd rather it happen in the office because the house is where I go to escape. It's so like they say, don't, you know, if you're working from home, don't work in your bedroom because that, that is not, that's a relaxation space. It's yeah. not a workspace. I don't oh. like this question. I'm, where would you like to be fired? Where would you, if you're going to be fired? It's actually a good question. <laughs> it is. Because uh, now I'm thinking about, it. so first of all, uh, I, I did LFRs from my bedroom for over half a decade, which explains a lot about my mental health. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, see, the issue with me is I have that long commute. Mm-hmm. And imagine having to sit in two hours worth of DVP and 401 traffic driving home after being fired. Ugh. You can take the go train. I think I'd, oh, I don't want to be sharing a car with a bunch of people with literally dozens of strangers after I've been fired. I want to be somewhere where I can have a good cry. <laughs> I would want it to be at home because at home I have a fridge. And I can comfort myself. Okay. Jesse's There's ice cream So you both want fridge. that. Okay. So here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying office. <laughs> oh. And I'm saying that the Boston Bruins line about being respectful to Bruce Cassidy and firing him at his house is the most gigantic load of shit I've ever read in my life. No, wait. Because they went to they his house? They drove to his house. Yeah. And fired him at his house. Okay. No, that's different. That's kind of fucked. We want to have a meeting with you, Bruce. Okay. Come on over. I already know I'm safe. I wonder what this is about. So they come over. Out of respect, we wanted to see you in person, which is why we're firing you in your friend fucking living room. Yeah, no, okay, that's strange. That's what happened? Yeah. Ew. Ew is right. What is with the Bruins? Can I, can I spell out kind of the timeline that I think went down here? Give it to I, us. I read a Give lot of us. the reporting on this yesterday after uh, we talked about it on Wednesday. Yeah, because all I saw was that he was told he was safe and then he wasn't. That's mm-hmm. all I know. Yeah. So it, it kind of, it looks like, so Cam Neely had a problem, president of the team, Cam Neely, had a problem in season with how um, Bruce Cassidy was handling the younger players. He had sure. mentioned in the meeting, in the media and all that stuff and they had a talk and all that. So Cam Neely wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Bruce Cassidy. Whatever. Don Sweeney, however, seemed like he was a fan of everything. So they, they talk, they talk after the season. Don says, you're safe. Everything's good to go. Don Sweeney has a meeting with Cam Neely, the president, and ownership. I'm speculating here, but based on the reporting, this is kind of the timeline that I see un- unfolding here. After his exit meeting with Cassidy, Sweeney uh, has his ex- exit meeting, chats with Cam Neely. I'm sure they're always talking, and ownership. They think there's a problem there with Cassidy. Ownership. Ownership and Neely. You mean Jeremy Jacobs? Well, that is the, the, the name that shall not be spoken. Yeah, sorry. They think there's a problem with Cassidy. Sweeney's back is up against the wall. He doesn't have a contract after next season. Same with Cassidy. So Sweeney is fighting for his life here. He seems to acquiesce to his uh, guys on top of him, the president and the ownership. Which, he, that, which you are, if they tell you to do something, you have to do it. Right. He seems to do what they want and get rid of the head coach, even though the problems with Boston's roster right now is kind of Don Sweeney's fault in that the older group is getting old and they're all injured and the younger guys don't have room to play. So Cassidy, who's a fantastic head coach, who's, who's been to the Stanley Cup final, 
You know, like he's he, all he's done is when he's never missed the playoffs as head coach of this team. He's a Game great coach. Away. Becomes the fall guy for this roster that's kind of disintegrating, and it's really on Neely and the owner who don't like Cassidy, who don't think he's the the right head coach for the team, and they've kind of forced Sweeney to fire his head coach. Can you imagine, guys? <coughs> that's the timeline. What the Boston Bruins would oh, look like. Oh. With Matt Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat, who went I don't want 16, <laughs> 17, and 18 in the 2015 draft. That is behind Zachary Seneshin. That's behind Jake DeBrusque and J- Jakob Zorbel. Zborl. Zborl. Now, so those are the next three picks is Barzal, Connor, Shabbat. Oh, and by, by the way, Detroit picked Evgeny Svechnikov, Erickson Eck. Went at 20, Ooh. Colin White at 21, Sam Sonoff, Ilya Samsonov, Washington, yeah. 22, Brock Besser, 23, Konechny, 24, Roslovich, 25, Noah Juleson, 26. Dermot. I like, I, it's, it's bad. What? It's bad. Yeah, Bert Dermot did go at uh, It is three. one, it's one draft. But it, they had three, here's the thing, they got three fucking picks in a row, and listen, DeBrus has been a good NHL player. Yeah. But, but you've even soured that relationship. Connor, Shabbat, and Barzal. If you get three Drake, Jake DeBrusque, you're doing fine. They didn't. They got one. They had three shots at it. And let's let's remember like who they dealt for these picks. Like Lucic was one of those picks. Yep. Um, they that was from LA, right? Yeah, they acquired uh, uh, friggin' when he was good, the goalie Martin Jones. Yeah. Uh, and they flipped a pick, and that's how they got a first. Like. Those first did not fall out of the sky. Like they paid something for them. Don't forget, don't forget Sebastian Ajo, who the Leafs uh, swung and missed on the mm. next pick after Travis Dermott. Yeah, underrated, underratedly not uh, good. Not a good draft for the Leafs. Right. Um, and 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 like um, Cassidy's becoming the fall guy for like a player like uh, Jack Studnicka. Yeah, he's he's twenty three now, and I think. Former uh, captain of the Gens. I think Neely looks down at the roster and he expects somebody like that to have taken the next step and been in the lineup every day. And they kind of, they're blaming Cassidy for that. Well, when I'm looking at it is, hey, um, there's not room on the roster no. for him because they're yeah. trying to win. Would you sign Olaf for then? Right. And and Neely's created this this situation where the young guys aren't don't have room to thrive. No, like they, they're not beating out these old guys for a place in the lineup. The, every year... We look at the Bruins on paper and like to the point where we made a joke of it um, this year before the season. Every year we look at the Bruins on paper and we're like, well, they got to get old and shitty eventually. It hasn't happened yet, though. And but, they weren't old and shitty this year. No, they, and they weren't. That's another thing, too. But there wasn't ever even really a retool year like or a we're going to try this guy mm-hmm. out year. There's never been that. No, like, and he's, like, yeah, that's a good trend. Frederick, is that your, we're trying new guy? Well, and now young guy? everyone's talking about trading him. And like, no, no. <laughs> like, what? why are you trading one of your team's youngest players? Well, he's got value. Yeah, because he's young. Because <laughs> he's good. He can have value for you, <laughs> you silly goose. What are you, the Blackhawks? We'll maybe talk about them later. But uh, this, this, it's a, and again, I think this all goes back to Sweeney. Like, you know what? I let it ride. And he let it ride for 
It's hard to say too long because they've still been good and they were a game away from beating Carolina. And it's, it's hard to say he overplayed his hand. But once you lose in the first round this year or whatever round, you know, maybe you win that game and you go to the second. You, who knows? Maybe they have a deep run. What was this year or next year? Sorry. What was this offseason ever supposed to be for the Bruins? The position they're in shouldn't be a surprise to them. And, like, they still might be fine. They will be fine. They still might be. You know what Julian and Chris were talking about on the on the Chris Johnston show? What's that? The possibility of uh, David Krejci coming back. Mm-hmm. Joining the free agent acquisition of Nazem Kadri. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Ah, it was a, nightmare it was a great, fuel. It was a great theory. Shit. Nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. A and, like, Kadri Bergeron sticks around. A uh, Kadri Bruins jersey on and, a line. And you know Bergeron, he'd be like, uh, just pay me a million bucks. One more season. Kadri uh, with Marshan and DeBrusque and uh, the fourth line mate, my sadness. Like, just, <laughs> uh, like they still might be fine. I'm just saying. But they are in a predicament. I'm just saying it's cold as hell to show up at someone's house, call it respect, and then fire them after telling them they're fine. Yeah, like... Like, uh, come on, man. That's... Oh, I wanted to do it face-to-face. Find a fucking restaurant then. Like that scene with uh, Hatterberg in Moneyball, except they uh, tell him he's off the team. Yeah, it's like... it's Yeah, yeah it's, they're you're not on the team. Of a contract. First base, not that hard. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard, <laughs> and that's why you won't be doing it anymore. <laughs> We're letting you go. It's nuts. Dude, it's nuts. yeah. Oh, my God. Bro, find a park. Like, go to the... Go get a coffee. Go... Yeah. What are you firing me in my or living room for? bring him into the Bruins office one more time and do it in a professional environment. Where am I supposed to go and be mad after? Dude. Yeah. And like, the thing I didn't know about Cassidy is like, he was a Bruins fan. He's been in that organization for 14 years. Like, he's Jeez. been head coach for, what is it? It was four or five seasons or four oh seasons, God. I believe. But he, he was there 14 years in Boston. Now, listen, they say sports are cold and cutthroat. <laughs> Why? And they're not wrong, but like you can be cold and cutthroat, but also do it with a way of like a measure of sort of respect. It's the same thing we talk about with Vegas. Don't fire me in my living room. That's what I'm saying. That's why I asked the question with this. I'm like, I I read that story. I'm like, how would I feel about my boss telling, and this happens in radio too, right? I'm just. They're like, they're like, hey, you're fine. Nope, you're not fine anymore. Right? And it happens, but I'm just saying, don't fucking fire me at home, man. Bring me to the office. Fire me the proper way and let me walk out with HR in a box full of my stupid shit. Yeah. Like, honestly. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, like, all the little moments. Like, uh, you know, he goes to get a mug the next morning and he's like, this is the mug that I gave them. <laughs> no. Of, Think about this. Because now he's right. got to. No, because Bruce now has to talk to his children. Yeah. When they come home from school. And then he, he said in the interview, he's had to talk to his kids and and. Tell them what to what to do mm-hmm. when kids on the playground chirp them because their dad uh, got fired. That that press conference he did was an hour long on Zoom with the media, and he just chatted with all of them, give them everything they wanted to know for an hour after he was fired. Here, J- Jesse, I'm I'm gonna be uh, Cam Neely and and Don Sweeney, and, and you be <laughs> Bruce Cassidy. Okay? okay. So you've you've been with the organization for for 14 years. Uh, we really appreciate all the work you've done. Um, but unfortunately, uh, even though we said you're safe, we're going to have to let you go. 
uh, that's that's not in line with what you've been telling me all season long, yeah. what you told me two weeks ago. Yeah, but un- unfortunately, I'm, we got to let you go. Although it's a really comfortable couch you have. I'm, yeah, I'm the, very caught off guard. Okay, well, I've delivered the news. Um, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> like, Not the one downstairs. The downstairs, the flusher is a little broken. I've replaced it. You can use the one upstairs. You imagine he clogs the toilet on the way up. He takes a shit. <laughs> okay. You imagine he took it. What? He's in my house. Like, in that interview, you know how I know Bruce Cassidy was a scapegoat? They what? asked him. And he was so honest for that whole hour. They asked, they asked uh, uh, Cassidy, hey, are you a scapegoat? Cassidy goes, you guys will have to determine that. So yes. That, that means yes! Yes. Oh my god! Yes. Oh, he yes, was thinking, every answer he gave, he watched the Zoom, every answer he gave was like five minutes and it was, it was thoughtful. And then they asked him, are you escaping? You guys have to determine that. He said it. Listen, I know how this works. <laughs> like this is going to get clipped and I'm going to get ripped by Bruins fans and leave fan bias against the Bruins, whatever. A- anyone who actually listens to the show and anyone who's actually listened to this segment in its entirety, you know I have a reverence for the Boston Bruins. It's uh, you know Channel Four news team. God damn it, I respect you, <laughs> and I respect their their culture of winning, how important winning is, and uh, you, you know I, I respect the organization. I, I greatly respect the organization for what they've been able to do for well over a decade now. This is I'm gonna say uncharacteristic hmm. this is not, it is it is uncharacteristic this is yeah. like we all know the owners of greaseball whatever but <laughs> everyone under him seems to carry their themselves with a certain professionalism you're a bruin you're a bruin and they have a culture and they have a style and you, you know the we talk about how the flyers and the broad street bullies and everything that you expect out of the philadelphia flyers they've completely gotten away from that yeah the bruins mm-hmm. are that yeah. Right. The the Bruins have an identity. The Flyers are a gong show. The, the Flyers are a gong show. The Bruins have an identity that they've been able to stick to over the years, and this whole firing Bruce Cassidy saga reeks of a greasiness and unprofessionalism that I never would have expected of an organization as revered as the Boston. Especially Bruce. considering the former coach. I mean, Bruce Cassidy was there for five years. Um, That's it. But Claude Julian was there for ten. And when he was fired, though, it was quite sudden. They missed back-to-back years, Wasn't it? I think. The Claude Julien missed back-to-back playoffs, and I think that's that what it was. Got, he got let go. Well, they or were going to fire least, him. They were going to fire him. Uh, there were rumors of him getting fired when the Bruins were going to potentially lose the first round series to the Leafs in 2013. Oh. Then they won and go all the way to the Stanley Cup final, and they're like, "Well, we can't get rid of him now." <laughs> yeah. So they held on to him for a bit. Wow. He was rumored to be getting fired that year. Wow. But they go all the way to the cup final. That's crazy. So, so Yeah, Claude Julian, he misses in back-to-back years, and then midway through the 17 season, they let him go. Hey, and can that, you do me a favor, Jesse? Mm. Can, can we bring up on the big board, can you just Google image search Bruce Cassidy, please, for a moment? <laughs> like his face? Yeah, just give me, give me a picture of Bruce Cassidy where I can look at Bruce Cassidy. Just give me a minute. I There's a reason. On the video here. board. Why do, you please. Want, why do you want this? Just do it. Okay, hold on. I'll, I'll do the the one they they the Sportsnet used for his firing. Okay. So okay. So you want you want on screen right now yeah. is Bruce Cassidy, his face. What's wrong? I just want to see. What do you what's wrong? Oh. Okay. What's yeah, wrong? okay. Okay. So trivia. Hmm. How old's Bruce Cassidy? Forty eight. Okay. 
Jesse, how old, looking at that, how old is that man? Bruce Cassidy? Uh, 42. Bruce Cassidy is 57 years old. What? Are you serious? I'm serious. Former player, born in 1965. I don't believe you. He's uh, yeah. That's not that's not true. I know you found that on wikilies.fake. Yeah, I what? know <laughs> that's not true. He played from eighty four to ninety six, guys. And nah, yeah, mm -mm. Mm -mm. you have the wrong information. No, no, Bruce Incorrect. Cassidy is Bruce Cassidy was drafted in the first round, eighteenth overall, by the Chicago Blackhawks in what year, guys? You said he played in the eighties, so nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight. Well, a little later than that, 83. <coughs> Damn. What the? F why? He was 18 and 19. He only played, he only played 36 I don't think games. He was. That's the weird part. He played uh, 30. <laughs> yeah. What? 57 years ago. What? He is 57 years old, born May 29. Guys, I've seen it in four different spots. Like, you could keep not believing me, but I'm actually that's right a, about that's this. That's a 60 year old man? That's a 60 year old man. 57. He played 36 games in the NHL. All for the Blackhawks. He looks incredible. The Bruins yeah. saw a first rounder who didn't work out and they're like, that's our guy. I'm but I'm telling you, man. Wow. Isn't that nuts? He looks incredible. He looks amazing. And by the way, they asked him when you want to get back behind the bench. He's like, as soon as possible. Let's move on. I got this one. We got to talk about this. Evander Kane writes a note to uh, the fans at Edmonton. Mm. That looks suspiciously like, suspiciously like yeah. good fucking buy. I'm going to go take my 8 million somewhere. Which, by the way was a number quoted within the league how much he's going to make per year next year. Kevin Weeks? Have we not? Yes, Kevin Weeks on Tim and Friends, I believe, right? I don't know. I think it was on Tim and Friends. Oh, yeah? I just want to make sure it came from the right place. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was Weeks. I just, listen, we know this story, okay? We know that it always starts good with Evander Kane and then... And then it doesn't end good. Oh, he doesn't. It's happened with every team he's been on. But here's what he said. Thank you to all the fans who supported me this year. To everyone who doubted me, I thank you as well. No one ever doubted your <laughs> hockey playing ability. That's gaslighting. <laughs> to my Oilers teammates, I appreciate each and every single one of you for welcoming in, embracing me in such a genuine way. I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to play with such a committed, hardworking, and loyal group. Except the fucking haters. Actually, no, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. The Edmonton Oilers <laughs> are a first-class organization with such great staff from top to bottom. I thank them for giving me the opportunity to play for such a historic franchise. To the fans at Edmonton, I thank you for treating my family and I with such kindness and respect. Thank you from 91. So, listen, he had... He had uh, a good playoffs. Cool. And it looks like he's going to go cha-ching and make as much money as he possibly can. Go ka-ching? Go ka-ching. He's going to go ka-ching. Is that a phrase? It is now. You've never heard that? I know. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Listen. I don't know about ka-ching. He's going to go ka -ching. I think it's cha-ching. Okay, well, whatever. Okay. I just think it's funny how. So, so Ken Holland gets up in front of the press conference thing at the end of the season. Well, can you afford a Vander Kane? Well, I got to figure that out. Are you bringing back Poyarby? Ah, this is what I got to figure out. Evander Kane is really going to do this. He's really going to do this. After everything that's happened, somebody's going to come along and he's, they're going to give him a raise. A raise. A he raise on top of his shark salary. That's right, because he's still making that, is he not? As a part of the bio terms? I or believe it's still up in the air. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're not sure, but that contract could get voided. Mm -hmm. But he was making 7 million bucks a year, pulled what he pulled. 
the star or the 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 sharks dressing room revolted and told the general manager, "You cannot bring this person back. He has a good twenty game stretch, a great twenty game stretch, but he's got a resume that has a lot of bombshells in it." Dude, he like led the sharks in scoring last year. Um, he led the playoffs in scoring this year. Like, I don't think anybody ever doubted his hockey playing ability. Anybody. But here we are. And we're talking about this guy's going to get a raise. Like I thought when we talked about it last press conference, I'm like, or press conference last, last episode. I'm like, yeah, he's probably like a three or $4 million player for a couple of years because you want to see if this guy's for real. No, no accounting for his baggage whatsoever. None. Um, he's an $8 million player. No, there's no baggage. No, no, but I'm saying, yeah, but there is. That's what I'm saying, so, though. So there's zero consideration. So they're and, just going to ignore that. But also, all the GMs around the NHL, every owner worth a damn, and every group surrounding the GMs worth a damn, is going to go, okay, you could have had this player for borderline free a few months ago. The Sharks offered him league-wide, I'm sure. Yep. No GM Nobody, got it done. Nope. You know why? why? Nobody wanted to be seen to have traded for him. Because that would imply that they gave something up and they wanted him. But but somehow the Oilers get, get away with, oh, but that's just money. It's not assets. People are not that stupid. That's how people, I think that's how people look at it. People, no one's looking at Ken Holland and going, well, well, it's, I mean, well, it's just money. Gave him money. The owner's a billionaire. Who cares? Oh, now man. I listen. Do I agree with that? No, but I think there's a little bit of that going on. No team wants to be this. Is, didn't want to be the see, to be seen as the team that was doing that. Yet here we are, and what it's looking like if Kevin Weeks is to be believed, and I believe Kevin Weeks is pretty fucking smart, yeah, pretty yeah, well connected, pretty good resume. Of pretty much broke every trade right. this year, right? Yeah, uh, Brennan Metal. <laughs> he broke Brennan Metal. He broke that. Um, I have to tell you guys, I'm shocked. Eight million dollars? Nah. No, he hasn't got it yet. Nah. You don't think it's gonna happen? No, no, I, I'm not shocked. I'm really? just not shocked. What the my favorite part of his deal when it comes is gonna be the term. Oh what do you think it's gonna be? Oh, as long as he wants. No. Adam, he just let he leads the playoffs currently in goal scoring. It might end that way. No. Probably not, but it could. <laughs> in what theory. He had like 14, right? Yeah, 13, 14. And it, it, I mean, if he's able to command $8 million, no one's going to be like, okay, eight times one. That happened to Taylor Hall. It was a unique screw up from his agents. He's going to get term. And the only thing that consistently never works out with Evander Kane is term. Mm -hmm. So he's going to get, yeah, 8 million bucks times whatever the fuck he wants. Because he's the bell of the ball in terms of wingers and goal scorers. And, and he's going to hit the ice next year. And everyone's going to be like, oh, but I thought this contract was bad. And it's like, you dumbass. We never said he was a bad hockey player. In fact, he was a great hockey player. We just wished he could get his shit together off the ice. He is by far, of all the things he does, the best at hockey. Evander Kane, best hockey player. So good. Of all of Evander Kane's skills, mm -hmm. playing hockey is the best skill. Fourth overall pick, friggin' 30 goal score, 
50, 60, maybe 70 point getter if he's able to play an entire season. Playoff scorer, one of the one of the most underrated fighters probably in the NHL. He's a hard hitter. Oh, he's a total package. So why does his suitcase have so many damn stamps? How many uh, years does he get? Million dollar question. It's eight million dollar question, and I'm gonna say no less than four. Okay, no trade. Is there a clause? Easily. Which what? Which one is it? No trade, no move, limited no move, limited no trade. Like, what's the? What are we looking? He at? gets the no trade, but he doesn't get the no no move. He's gonna want no move because the Sharks sent him to the AHL. Who's year. his agent? Dan, Dan Milstein. Because he lost. He he either fired his other agent or his other agent dropped him. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember which. Back one. in December. Yeah, I don't remember, but he's he's with uh, Dan Milstein right now, uh, who is going to be a busy bee buzz buzz this summer with Ilya mm-hmm. Mikheyev as well. It's going to be pretty good. <laughs> you know, his two best clients. Oh, dude. Uh, you know what? I I don't think we can afford Evander Kane. Well, my other client, Ilya. <laughs> Are you looking would, up his clients? Yeah. He's got some great clients and a lot of them. Oh, there's going to be number one's Elia McKeev. There's no, number two. Dan Milstein, no, got, no, no, no. And Dan Milstein's got. Great. I, that's, that's why he, I'm first joking. off, he's all Russian players. That's why I'm it's, joking that it's Elia McKeev. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> his third best contract. We're going to go three, two, one until Evander Kane, which will be number. Uh, probably number three. This will take it. Who's his, th- who's Dan Milstein's third highest player. Does he, oh. does he not represent Ovi? No, no, uh, Malkin. Ovi's mom represents Ovi. Is you, it you're Malkin? gonna say Malkin? Yeah. Okay, Jess or uh, Steve. Who's his third highest paid client? Is it Vasilevsky? Panarin, third highest, right? Third highest. Okay, so you said no. You give me, give me one answer. <laughs> I'm trying to get don't the top name three. every Russian. <laughs> I not know it's, the game I know it's one of them. Sergey Fedorov, <laughs> Alex McGillney. Uh, you uh, said uh, Malkin. Uh, you uh, said Vasilevsky. Nikita Zaitsev is his third highest paid client at four and a half million dollars a year. I thought you got like that. Number two, Vasilevsky at nine at nine point five. Number one, same number. Yep. Who do you, who is it? Number one bullshit. Nikita Kucherov. That's right. Nice. And then he's gonna add Evander Kane and then whatever goofy contract Mikheyev gets. Nice. That's uh not a bad. And let me let me throw this out there. Sorokin, Gavrikov, Barabanov. Art and Zub. Like, Barapanov's making two and a half million bucks now, guys. He deserves it. Uh, Barbashev. Uh, yeah. Like he has Ivan Barbashev? Yeah. Oh, he's going to get paid, too. And Saragonovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Sharangovich. Sharangovich at uh, New Jersey. Sharangovich. Also, oh, uh, Rodi Namirov. Uh, if he plays for the Leafs and gets that second deal, it's going to be a good one. So, listen. Uh, there's a... Uh, yeah. So, the, here are his UFAs this year. Actually, he's going to have a big year. Zadorov. Kane, Nemesnikov, Mikheyev, um, and then there's Max Mammon and Wyman Kalanick, but, but basically those are the big names. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent little summer. Yeah. That's a decent little summer. For Dan. But I'm just, again, I want to go back to, that is an unbelievable number for Evander Kane, given what's going on. And I guess baggage doesn't matter. No. Now, I mean, th- but we knew that though. So yeah. here's, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I said, yeah. 